on the weekend version of this podcast, we usually go into some more long-form content for me. And in the past three weeks, we've been going through week by week some of the audio from the Building a Second Brain workshops that I've been leading. Unfortunately, week four of Building a Second Brain, which is last week, was completely shot due to some internet issues that I had, so I don't have any recording of it. But we covered this idea of intermediate packets from Tiago's pantheon of ideas. And I thought I would give my own spin on it, which is essentially what I ended up giving to my students. The exception being that I would take the time to write it up, because this is a story that I tell a lot, but also as an apology to my students for having a really crappy internet connection during that time. So what follows is the audio version of the essay that I wrote about intermediate packets, and it's called Bottom Up Idea Exploration. My own content creation philosophy explored through my own personal story with React. Over 18 months, from 2019 to 2020, I explored one single idea that spawned one of my biggest blog posts, got me invited to speak at the top conferences across three countries, and helped me get a job at AWS. And it all started with a tweet. Here's a little table of contents. Step one, respond to others. Step two, yes and. Step three, live stream. Step four, blog post. Step five, conference lightning talk. Step six, conference live code talk. Step seven, advanced conference talk. Step eight, job interview. Side note, I know I'm still a small fry in the grand scheme of things, so please don't worry that I'm getting a big ego from this. I encourage you to follow the careers of folks like Brett Victor, Sarah Drasner, Dan Abramov, and Anjana Vakil if you truly want to know what it takes to be an industry legend. Still, my story often encourages others to start from humble beginnings. If a simple guy like me can do so well, surely they can do better. Bottom-up idea exploration. Step one, respond to others. I get a lot of my ideas from simply observing what excites people. This is key for unlocking a crucial source of content, things I take for granted that excites others. It often surfaces areas of unconscious confidence. This is the context with which I read Jack Cross's tweet on February 26, 2019. I was reading through React's source code, and I think useState is implemented with useReducer! At the time, React hooks were all of four months old and were a hotly discussed topic in web dev circles. I had known about J Jack's observation for a while, but never really thought it worth comment until Jack did. I also knew that many folks were tripping over the importance of JavaScript closures with the hooks API design. I wanted to find a way to properly explain all of this once and for all. It got my gears going. I'm a believer that you only truly know your tools when you can read through a source code and build it from scratch. I had done the former, so I did the latter. Here I have an inserted tweet with a screenshot of some code, and it says, turns out you can write a basic synchronous DOMless React Hooks clone in 26 lines of code. Uh, I would go on over the next year to eliminate all of those assumptions, so it's pretty funny to observe from this side of history. You will see that the code sample here re relies on an imperative react.render API, which is nothing like the real react-dom.render. At the time, I was only focused on the mental model, so I didn't think about a more faithful clone. Step 2. Yes and. 90 minutes after the original tweet. I got quite a bit of instant feedback on that tweet, namely this suggestion from Dan on the React core team. You want to have a list of hooks, otherwise it's boring because custom ones don't work. Should be no more than 10 extra lines. That was exactly the push I needed, 
not just confirming that I was going down the right path, but also a suggestion for what to do next that jived with my own instincts. So I followed up 19 minutes later with this extension. So here's a second screenshot with more code that basically implements what Dan said to do. And I replied to Dan, actually, it only needs one extra line. Who needs to develop it? Which is Jason Miller from the Preact core team, who is a notorious code golfer. This was finally simple enough to understand, yet complex enough to be useful, which finally made it take off with a bunch of feedback. I think Twitter is best as an ensemble rather than a committee. That's a link to a previous blog post I've done. Particularly with the yes and spirit of starting from where the other person leaves off. This is what Dan did with me and I followed through. It is important to note that I wasn't the first to observe the simplicity of hooks. There was prior art and very popular blog posts all making the same observation. But I was the first to demonstrate it in 28 lines of code which made it a lot more approachable because it fit in a single screenshot. Side note, I often also get asked what to do if someone is just starting out on Twitter and doesn't have the following to get feedback like I did. I think they don't appreciate that I'd only been tweeting about web dev and React for one year at that point. I believe that the best way to solve the relationship cold start problem is to pick up what they put down. That's a link to another blog post. All right, step three, live stream which happened Friday after the original tweet. Joel Hooks of Egghead.io DM'd me to do a live stream of this process that same Friday. I think I was in LA at the time and had to do it on shitty courtyard Wi-Fi, but it went well. Unfortunately, I can't find a recording of the talk, but I recall that Eve Porcello was there together with a few dozen other React folks. That was the first time I had ever live coded anything online and it set the stage for what was to come. Step four, blog post two weeks after the original tweet. The blog post version went live on the Netlify blog with title and grammatical edits from my coworkers. The response was pretty great. So here I have a quote from K-Ball of the JS Party podcast saying, Ken C. Dodds calling out this awesome blog post by Swix. I think the best post not by Danny Abramov that I've seen on Hooks. Um, I like his opinion because uh, he's someone I look up to in the JS world. Fun fact, I was in Mexico on a dive trip with no access to the internet at the time, so I never even got around to tweeting it out, but it didn't matter. By this point, the content had been three times validated, so I was pretty confident the blog post would do well regardless. Step five, conference lightning talk, one month after the original tweet. Ben Dunphy of Reactathon invited me to present my blog post as a lightning talk in April. Reactathon is the premier React conference in San Francisco. It would have been my fourth or fifth conference appearance ever at the time. So I was already starting to get used to the speaking circuit, but this was my first time getting invited rather than applying through the regular competitive CFP process. So I was pretty stoked about that. And here I have an embedded video with a link to my talk. This isn't the official recording. This is just my screen recording uh, because the other main talk was not timestamped. So <laughs> I wanted to link directly to my own talk. I only had 10 minutes, so I just threw up some code on slides. The reception was decent for the minimal work I put into it. The talk got me shouted out on the wildly popular Syntax.fm podcast from Wes Boss and Scott Zielinski, ironically from whom I learned React, as well as one from Lee Byron, who designed the original React class API. Step 6. Conference live code talk, four months after the original tweet. I remember paying the $300 out-of-pocket for JSConf Asia tickets in January 2018 when I was just starting out. I had no idea that I would be paid to fly back to Singapore and speak there just a year later. 
I proposed this talk without knowing if I could do it. I just knew from studying Kelsey Hightower's demos and Andre Saltz's advice that live coding was a great way to further demystify a concept. I had been unable to do it at Reactathon. A live coded talk was my white whale. I not only pulled it off, but also managed to add some dramatic flair rendering code to screen. So here I've embedded the talk, uh, Getting Closure on React Hooks at JSConf Asia. Fun fact, I only worked out key parts of this code the night before I was due to give the talk. After breaking through on the render loop and figuring out some kinks with Code Sandbox, I stayed up all night reworking and practicing my presentation, building in fail-safes in case I screwed up, and added in the Rene Magritte flourish right at the end. I presented that talk on about two hours of sleep. The reception exploded. Not only was the content four times validated at this point, but I had worked out a compelling presentation style and left the viewer with a thought-provoking question at the end. Step seven, advanced conference talk, eight months after the original tweet. When you have a hit like that, you naturally want to follow it up and you naturally start getting more conference invites as well. So when the Git Nation folks reached out for the React Advanced Conference in London, there was only one topic I wanted to do, explain concurrent React the same way I had React hooks. And here I've embedded the talk as well. While React hooks were a relatively simple mental model, I started this journey reducing it down to 26 lines of code. Concurrent React not only involved building in a proper time slicing scheduler and fiber reconciler, but it also wasn't live yet and still isn't fully shipped as of the time of writing two years later, although React server components is a huge step forward. So people just weren't familiar with it. Putting together this massive effort involved pulling in notes from 18 months of covering concurrent React by myself. In particular, studying prior art from Rodrigo Pombo and cloning the API from scratch. You can check out his talk here to contrast what he did versus what I did. The reception was great, but I neglected to tweak my talk for the venue. I had a live coding talk, but it was a very long conference hall, which guaranteed that about half the audience, about 1,500 people, couldn't see a thing that I wrote. However, I did meet up with Natter Dabit at that conference, which set things in motion. Step 8. Job interview. 11 months after the original tweet. Within three months of that conference, I was at Amazon's offices in Seattle on my final interview day for an open spot on Natter's team. The developer advocate interview at Amazon requires you to prepare a talk on something you know well and field questions on it by non-domain expert engineers. So I just presented my talk again, building concurrent React from scratch in front of three people who only barely knew React and weren't aware of my prior experience with this topic. I got the offer the next day. The last section, why I wrote this. Now just keep in mind, this section is addressed to people who read my blog but don't necessarily follow this podcast. I've recently been guiding a group of 50 students as a mentor for Tiago Forte's Building a Second Brain course, and it's been remarkably helpful for solidifying my own takeaways and for helping others go down the same path I have. When one teaches, to learn. Week four was the lesson on intermediate packets, which Tiago has written about and covered on his podcast if you want to catch up on it. Intermediate packets are often presented as a way to take a big goal and break down into pieces. That's a great way to plan out a big project in a top-down fashion. However, I think bottoms-up is greatly underappreciated as a content strategy. As you can tell from my story, things escalated pretty quickly from just a random tweet to me being flown across the world to speak at conferences and helping me get a job at a FANG company. But at no point did I plan to do any of that. I just focused on an interesting problem made the next possible move available to me and responded to feedback. For each one of these hits I have, 
there are a thousand that go absolutely nowhere. Some tweets develop into blog posts, some blog posts develop into talks, and then they just fall flat. I only really have a true hit once a year, but it takes all the dead ends and exploration for me to find the real gems that resonate with others. If I develop each idea with a top-down big project goal in mind, I'd fail to reach them 99% of the time. I think bottom-up content creation with exploration over expectations is a far more sustainable approach. Again, I write not to brag because I'm plenty aware that there are much better developers and speakers than I. But every time I tell the story, it inspires people to start their own journey learning in public. I'm sure people with more talent and determination will be able to take this process far further than I have. I hope this post has shown you a little of my behind the scenes. And that's the end of the post. Uh, that's my recap of what Intermediate Packets has meant to my own journey, especially in the context of these past couple years uh, in my career. And I'd love to know what you think. Cheers.